Welcome to the Border Outdoors Podcast. I'm Mac. Mitch. Andy. Today's special guest, we have the first guest on the podcast, and now he is the first... Returning. Returning, <laughs> thank you, uh, guest of the podcast. We have Seth back on the podcast. How's it going, guys? Uh, we're doing good. <laughs> um, Seth is here to talk about an upcoming lake trout northern minnesota ice fishing uh trip that he has planned but but first before we get to that i want seth to give a brief little intro about himself he didn't have the opportunity to do that the first time he was on the podcast so i kind of want the listeners to understand when we've said seth is kind of one of those he's the nicest guy we've ever met and friggin' guy. <laughs> <laughs> and just just give the audience a little background about yourself. Okay. Well, uh, like Candy said, my name is Seth. Uh, I grew up in central Minnesota, uh, around the Buffalo area. Um, grew up in a family of five kids. Uh, had two working parents. Um, was actually homeschooled growing up, but uh, you know didn't didn't have some of the same challenges. Um, socially had had a lot of friends and uh, uh, a big neighborhood with lots of kids so was able to socialize and keep a lot of those connections even though I didn't go to a public school um, and then I was fortunate enough to have some family members and some very close neighbors that are, are still lifelong friends that were huge into the outdoors so I had those mentors that taught me ice fishing hunting duck hunting and and uh survival camping all that kind of stuff um so i was i was fortunate to have multiple people in my life that had some activity in the outdoors so it kind of left me with some well-rounded experiences just by taking along with that kind of stuff. um and then uh you know after i graduated high school i worked construction for eight years was able to earn some money and therefore play <laughs> so for quite a few years I, I played with my money i uh would try to maybe do some out-of-state hunts, whether it was Turkey in South Dakota or uh, I did do a an elk hunt uh, my senior year of high school. Um, um, otherwise, a lot of a lot of fishing and stuff like that in Minnesota. Um, then I ended up getting married and uh, got a couple kids now. So the last few years, uh, my my time in the woods has been cut short, but it's certainly the quality isn't bad. When I get out, I really enjoy it and. Um, the, the lessons I learned in the past are just more important now, such as it's not about the success. If you get out for two hours, make it a fun two hours and, and hope for the best. So I think that pretty much rounds out where I came from. Perfect. Um, so to get right on to it, you're going to, uh, what is it, Grand Grand Rapids, yep. Minnesota, for a lake trout uh, ice fishing kind of thing that you do with your buddies absolutely every year yeah so this this kind of started 
uh, a buddy of mine named Dane a couple years, or not a couple years back, I think it was eight or nine years ago, he started renting this cabin uh, on a lake north of Grand Rapids, Minnesota, in Itasca County. Um, when they started to rent the cabin, it's a, it's a giant, elaborate log cabin. They'd go up there with 10 or 12 friends, and they'd just party it up, right? It was in the college days and just a nice getaway in the winter. Well, they learned by year two, man, there's actually supposed to be, like, lake trout and stuff in, in this lake. Let's start fishing. And then on year three, they invited me up there. Or, yeah, year three, uh, they they started to do more fishing, less partying. And then I believe it was year four of them going up there, they actually invited me along. I, I didn't even know Dane those, that first year or two. Um, and uh, ever since then, we've, you know, we, we still had our fun those first few years and did fishing. And now it's really, we really hit the fishing pretty hard the last two or three years now. I mean, way harder. A lot of, lot of all-day out-on-the-ice kind of stuff. So um, in Minnesota, there's a, few different, there's a few different ways to look at lake trout fishing. Um, a lot of people think when, when they hear lake trout in Minnesota, they think the Boundary Water Canoe area. They think of overnight camping in the winter and, and trudging into a place three miles back, which is one way to do it, and you can be very successful and lots of fun. But there are a surprising amount of lakes in Minnesota where you can get lake trout and stream trout um, just on a lake with a, with a public access and all kinds of good stuff. So if you're thinking about trying it, there are going to be opportunities out here. Um, and and the, the other thing I will say is people are probably intimidated by lake trout because they hear 100-foot depths of water and all that kind of stuff. But as I'll kind of talk about here... We fish a lot of them just like you fish a walleye um, in 30 feet of less or, or less of water sometimes. So it, it's not that different, only it's probably a lot more fun of a fish to catch because I've caught 20-inch walleye before, and I'll, if if I got a choice between a 14- or 15-inch lake trout and a 20-inch walleye, I, I'd probably pick the lake trout. It's a fun, fun fight. So a um, couple other things. If, if you think about the lake trout fishing, there's, there's designated – trout lakes in minnesota and then there's lakes that have trout in them um so a designated lake trout is a lake that has been managed or is intentionally trying to be maintained to have stream trout so your rainbow trout brook trout brown trout uh, it might have lakers as well but those those if its main purpose is to try to thrive with those stream trout it's a designated trout lake and there's a whole nother list of rules with that um, in Minnesota, you can ice fish with two lines, two tip-ups, a, a bobber line, two jig lines, whatever it may be. Um, but on a designated trout lake, you can only have one line in the water, open water or ice fishing. Okay? Um, and then the other thing is you're not allowed to use live minnows of any kind. You can use pickled and frozen dead minnows, but no live minnows are, are allowed. You can use worms and leeches and stuff like that. So if you're going to go to a lake that you know has lake trout, Go on the Minnesota DNR website. They have a whole list of of trout lakes, right? That lakes that have trout in them, and and you'll see when you go on there, it'll say if it's a designated trout lake or not. If it's not a designated trout lake, fish it like any other lake in the state. Simple, right? Um, so, for instance, the lake we fish, it according to the DNR's website, it has rainbow trout and it has lake trout. Um, but uh, I think the rainbow trout are not sustainable or they're certainly not trying to maintain it that way so it is not a designated trout lake 
Um, uh, lake trout are just considered a, a predator fish, and that alone does not make it a, a designated trout lake, if that makes sense. So you, you can fish live bait. You can fish yep. it any other way, like you said. Any other way you want. So two lines in the water. You can run tip-ups, anything like that. You can run treble hooks, barbed hooks, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so if you just look, if you have a lake that you've been told there's trout in, lake trout in, double check because there's a good chance it's a designated trout lake because um, they, they all kind of have similar recipes. But uh, like I said, if you just if you just Google Minnesota designated trout trout lakes, it'll bring you right to the DNR site and you'll see the list I'm talking about. Super easy to reference. Not only does like all in that one thing, like let's say the lake you're looking up is in Morris County and it's Steve's Lake. You click on that lake, and it'll literally tell you, oh, yeah, it's got brown trout, rainbow trout, lake trout. It's a designated trout lake and, you know, three other pieces of information. So super easy, super quick reference. I know for me, whether it's hunting in a different state or or getting into depth with some of these fishing regulations, specifically in Minnesota, sometimes it's intimidating. You're like, well, geez, I don't want to go through the work of what lake is what and what rules. Ten minutes of reading that booklet or, or Googling online, you'll have most of those answers and you'll be off and running. So um, with the particular lake that we fish, uh, so we've learned a lot over the years. Um, I think the surprising thing for most of us was, like like a lot of you guys have probably done, you've Googled lake trout fishing and everybody's ripping giant tubes and 120 feet of water and they're up at 70 feet off the bottom and that's kind of how we approached it early on. Um, some of the guys going up early weren't real big fishermen. They'd just go out there with a couple beers, and, you know, we just walk out from the cabin. It's not a giant lake or anything like that. Um, so they just set up a bobber line. Who knows where they were fishing? But some of us that had experience were trying the whole tube thing and ripping up and down and, I mean, geez, ounce spoons and, like, just getting crazy with it. We never were having success. And then one year I just kind of went up there like, I'm going to fish these things like like walleye. So I just threw on some Swedish pimples and dropped down to four feet off the bottom. And, I mean, it, opener was that Saturday. We got up there Friday, checked into the cabin. Saturday morning walked out, and, like, in the first 20 minutes of fishing, I I had caught one. I was like, whoa, this is sweet, you know. Um, and so we come to find out on this particular lake in that time of year, so it's early in the season, we have a lot of success in – 30 to 55, maybe 60 feet of water. Um, this lake is extremely clear. Uh, DNR does a, a study with water clarity with, a, a, I think it's called a Secchi disc. It's a white disc that they lower down, and they pretty much measure how far they can see it. Um, I think the clarity on this lake, you can see 50 feet, 45 feet. And I'm not kidding. I can drop a inch and a half or two-inch Swedish pimple, and I can see it at 35 and 40 feet. That's insane. I can see it. Yeah, it's the craziest thing ever. It's the clearest water I've ever seen. So you're almost like sight fishing. You could sight fish them. Yeah, if, if you're in 20 feet, 100% you could sight fish them, without a doubt. 30 feet? Yeah, probably, but, you know, they're dark on the back, so it'd be hard to see them. But, like, when you get one on, like, it, it, when you get one on, if it's within 30 feet of your hole, you might as well just walk, look down the hole. You can see it swimming all over down Dude, there. It's really fun. That's sweet. That's really <laughs> fun. Yeah, it's nuts, man. Um so uh, kind of a, just an overview of our strategy now has just been get down towards the bottom and uh, we, we kind of go back and forth, you know, depending on what kind of mood they seem like they're in. Generally speaking, you're down five or six feet off the bottom. And then, uh, man, when you see a mark, it's it's on. Like you'll go through parts of the day where 
or even some years where, man, we go up on, on Martin Luther King weekend every year. That's the opening weekend. And generally speaking, it's the coldest weekend in January. Mm-hmm. So, like, in the past, we've had it up there where it never got above 10 below zero. So, generally, we like to bounce around more and cover more ground. But when it's that cold, you just you just don't do it. So, you set up on certain spots and you just kind of wait them out. And um, sometimes you'll see a fish come in and you can tell he, he doesn't even want to leave the bottom. He's just kind of chilling and... uh but more often than not, and this is what makes the Lakers so much fun, when they see your lure, as long as you got something halfway mm-hmm. decent that they might want, that red mark comes in on the bottom of your screen, and it just beep, 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 beep. I, I use a flasher of Vexlar. comes flying up, and before you can even move your eyes from the Vexlar to your rod, it's bent. Like, they usually just hammer that thing, and it's so much fun. How many years did it take you to catch your first one? That first year? Was that your first year that you yeah. caught one? Yep. I caught one my first year. Um, you know, I, I, I compared to everybody else up there at that time, I had probably had the most ice fishing experience and I was taking, I wanted to catch a lake trout. So I had done a bunch of research and stuff like that. And, you know, so yeah, I caught one my first year. In fact, I've, I've caught fish every year that I've gone up there, of course. Um, but those first couple of years, I all fish those guys like crazy. It was pretty entertaining. (laughs) Okay. And so like, let's be clear when I say I'll fish them. Like, out of the six of us that were, were fishing hard, like, two of them might not catch anything. You know what I mean? It, now now everybody catches at least a couple, at least, throughout f- throughout the two days of actual fishing that we get in. Is there a slot or limit? On or? this, uh, There is a limit. So there's a two-fish limit. Um, ever since I, we've been going up there, Lake Trail Limit's been two fish, but there's no slot. Um, we've kind of, uh, you know, we have an appreciation for... Most of us have an appreciation for a lake trout, right? They take a while to grow big, just like any trophy walleye or, or pike or anything like that. So the first couple of years, it was about getting something, bringing some, something home to smoke or try some lake trout. So, you know, we kept some 13, 14-inch lake trout and stuff. And, I mean. Do they taste good? They ta- they're delicious. Uh, they're fantastic. Like, it's, it's rich. So, like, if you were to make a 13-inch lake trout, like, fillet it up for your supper, that's all you would want to eat. Like it's like almost like a salmon. Like it's really a rich meat. So usually when I make it, I smoke it. I just do a simple uh, brown sugar, salt, and water brine. Soak it in there for. I've done it for as few as four hours and as much as like overnight. And and then I just put on smoke for a couple hours or four or five hours, and it's fantastic Mm. smoked. So, but um, so yeah. With that with that in mind, as we've gotten better at fishing and. We've gotten older. It's you know a little bit less about having to go home or something, and we just try to shoot for like oh, hopefully we can get some sixteen to twenty inches, and then like you know, the last couple of years I basically told myself anything twenty two inches or bigger, I'm just gonna let go, um, just because a, a twenty inch uh, trout is like I said, it's a lot, it's a lot of rich meat. Like even if I smoke it, I mean like I'll, I'll, I'll eat it, I'll put it to use, but uh, it's not like a pile of sunfish or something like that, like. It's a substantial amount of uh, meat. So sure. Yep. But um, so <clears throat> when you're fishing for these lake trout, how do you approach it? Obviously, you said that you guys kind of got it zoned into you're in forty to fifty five feet. Yep. Are you first? I guess I want I want to go through your gear. Sure. What is different between your gear with lake trout fishing and with just normal walleye or, or you know, panfish. Absolutely. So, um, 
I'm going to preface this by saying, if you've got walleye gear, go Lake Trophy. That's what I'm going to start with, okay? You can do it 100% on a 27-inch fishing rod, you know, medium backbone, medium light, um, uh, spinning reel, all that stuff. Like, you can get after it with that. In fact, I my setup is a 8- or 10-pound test line. I use some, uh, uh, some monofilament line on some of my rods, but my favorite's the braided. I use... Uh, spider wire on some, but uh, and I, I'll usually tip it with like a six foot mono leader though. Just I don't know. I don't think it's truly necessary. But when you when you're at forty feet, you get a lot of stretch, right? So having that braided line, I, I've lost less fish when I that that's weird because like I've watched a ton of videos on mm-hmm. lake trout, and these guys have like bait caster summer reels sure and they have looks like to be 48 inch rods yeah and that thing is bending and it look and i think the one guy had like 40 pound braided line sure with you know a mono leader yep and then now you're saying just take your normal gear that you use right walleye fish yep eight pound six pound test and just go do it just go do it and now again if you've got the money and you want to go invest in a longer rod a better there's a better setup for it i would say if you're going to get after it consistently but if you just want to try it you don't have to dump in 100 or 300 in new gear grab your walleye rod and go try it i guarantee you'll have some you'll have success and probably plenty of it we're not talking about if you're going out in minnesota and to, to these public lakes you're not going out there with hopes to catch a 45 incher you might and guess what if you got eight pound test on you can probably still do it you know people catch just take 60 a inch freaking sturgeons. Oh yeah, it'll take a long time. Um, but you don't have to have that full blown setup to try it. That's all I'm really trying to say here. Yeah, um, the, it, the but, full blown setup. I mean, you're talking. This most of the videos you see, like on YouTube or whatever. Mm-hmm. A lot of that's Canada. Yeah, a lot and of that's Canada. You get you get big, big lakers ones. in Canada. Yeah, I mean, the biggest one we've caught up there is probably something they would like not even get their heart rate going up there. You know, the biggest one we've caught was 27 and three quarter inches. Nice fish. That's still, that's yeah, still we're still pumped big about yeah, that. That's yeah. a big lake trout. Uh, and then we've had a 26 and a few around 25, lot 22, a lot of them 22 to 18. And then we catch a lot of little ones too, you know, because we're, like I said, we're we're up there to have fun. We're not just fishing for the trophies, right? Um so we're we're fishing small enough lures where a thirteen inch will still grab your spoon. Do you so, uh so those big ones that you guys caught? Yep. Was that the time where you decided that you're gonna let the twenty twos? I would say. Did they let those ones go back? Um. Or did so they keep the them? first one, the the first uh, twenty six incher was caught probably my second year going up there, and at that time they kept it. You know, you know they were fishing on their own part of the lake and they came back with it, and we we're excited. And again, I. If somebody wants to keep that 28-incher, I don't care. Me personally and a couple of the other guys that go up there, it's just kind of what we've decided to do. If you catch that fish and you want to keep it, as long as you're going to eat it, man, you do what you want to do. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I understand the trophy and the trophy fisherman side of it, and I understand the conservation side of it, but I really understand the, hey, man, I just spent $400 to come up here this weekend I bought some new gear, or I've never done this before, and I just caught this monster lake trout in my eyes. I'm gonna keep that sucker, right? I'm gonna take it home and eat it or whatever. Like, have at it. Like, do you notice a difference in taste 
between the sizes because obviously with a lot of other fish species right mm-hmm. you talk about oh you know <clears throat> northerns get you know about 40 inches that's not good right. pickling as good as you know a 20 incher well, right yeah. And, and yeah and like walleyes you don't want to anything bef- above 20 19 inches you've always been taught just throw it back. back sure or even a 31 sure or a 30 those go on the wall you don't eat those right you only eat the 17 18 and to 14 15 yep um so i've only ever eaten one uh biggest one i ate was probably 21 or 22 inches i didn't notice any difference there um the guys that kept that 26 i never tasted it and they weren't like seasoned ice fishermen so they said it tasted good but i you know i don't know how much merit to put into their opinion um I watched them clean it. The meat looked just as good. It was just as orange <laughs> and just as rich looking as any other piece of meat. Um, and again, most I, I I baked it once and liked it, but I've I've always smoked it. It just was tastier that Better. way. And I the wife likes it, kids like like everybody just likes it, and so I share it, you know, at a party or something, and, and it's fun. But I would I would guess, generally speaking, once they get so big, so like for instance, when I keep like a twenty incher, that fillet, the thickest part of that fillet is probably an inch thick you i mean you're talking two inches thick on on like that 26 27 incher like it's a lot of meat mm. on the on the on the thick half of that fillet like even toward back to the tail is getting I'm, until you've had it you probably don't understand but if you've ever eaten salmon and had your fill of salmon that's what this is like like that's, so is it really oily you talk oily, about being rich yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah rich less oily than salmon but very rich just very filling for sure so Oh yeah, it's good. It's good. So um, I've never had a fill of salmon. Well, <laughs> really? Whenever, whenever we go out to the cabin, we always swing by Motley at Maury's. Okay. And you can buy like the salmon and everything. It's sure. all smoked. You peel it off and you just eat it. Sure. Oh, yep. With oh, salmon yeah. spread. With salmon spread. The holiday spread. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That on a Ritz cracker. Oh, I'm telling you, man. Like no, knowing you and your brothers, and how you guys like to run your smokers. If you went up there and got yourself some Lake Lakers, I'm I'm telling you, man. You'd be I want to try it. Yeah, I really want to. Mm-hmm. I really want to catch a, a lake trout. Obviously, you look at videos on on uh, Facebook of mm-hmm. these guys that are catching forty ones, forty twos, and right in the video they look gigantic. Mm-hmm. But realistically, can you get one? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but you don't know unless you go up there and try it, right? Because like I think every lake that we go fish has a 31 32 inch walleye mm-hmm. there's got to be at least one big fish in every system regardless if it's sunfish crappie pike or walleye right there's got to be when you guys go lake trout fish there's got to be at least that one big lake trout yeah and you might hook it you might right. not but i'm not gonna know unless i go up there and try it if you don't drill a hole you'll definitely not get one yeah i'll tell you that right now so um so, yeah, generally speaking, most of us run around that 10-pound line or less. I think probably the best thing I've learned over the years, and if you watch any of these tutorials how to do it, is it's not even about having heavy line. It's about setting your drag right because these fish are – they're not a walleye that that kind of have that pull, that pull. They are head threat. When you get hooked into one of these, they are head thrashers. They barrel roll. I've caught two fish. And by the time I got it through the hole, it wasn't even hooked. The line was wrapped around it so bad that mm-hmm. I just pulled it in from the line being wrapped around its gills. Really? No joke. Yeah. So 
these things just will do everything they can to get off that hook. And they're such a fun fighting fish. So two big things I will say, depending on what your walleye rod or whatever rod setup you have, is you got to have enough sensitivity in that thing for all that head thrashing. If it's too stiff, guarantee you'll throw hooks. So, you know, if it's a monster, it'll do fine. But when you start talking about hooking into the smaller ones, the 15, 20 inches, you know, relatively small ones, uh, the way them things shake around, you got to have enough sensitivity where you can keep tension on it but not pull hooks out of mauls. And they got mm-hmm. tough mauls, so, you know. This might be a stupid question. I've watched a bunch of videos. I've never done it. Do lake trout have teeth? They do. They have teeth, but they're they're fine. I mean, when you when they get big, when they get twenty five and bigger, there's there's noticeable teeth. But uh, like the eighteen twenty inches, like you could you could lip them if you wanted to. You oh, know, yeah, they're oh, very okay. fine fine teeth. Because I I've I've always seen people take you know like the the spreaders jaw spreaders sure. and everything. And I'm like, well, I've never done it. Yeah, I don't know anything about like. Sure. So I'm just like, well, you've done it. Like, do do they have teeth like northerns, or they have teeth like walleye or bass? Yeah, they're they're much closer to a bath or a bath, uh, bass <laughs> until they get so big. Well, but as they get bigger, the teeth are more pronounced and, and nastier. So you're um, saying not to grab a 26 yeah, incher I, by the lip? Yep. Even even a um even the smaller ones, I don't you don't lip them. Um, they usually come in pretty tight mouthed, and they are slippery. So you won't get in there. And they got so. This is what makes them so much fun. Uh, a lake trout is a true 100% predator fish, okay? These suckers are out there hunting. They are cruising and looking to eat, okay? And they got a I don't know how strong their jaw is compared to other fish, but I want to say they're probably one of the stronger stronger jawed fish because when I've tried to get in there with pliers and stuff, it's like, what? how am I not getting in here? Like, I'm half the fish I'm trying not to hurt, and it just feels like you're going to hurt them because they, they can be so tight-lipped. Um so, um, yeah, they've got teeth, but generally speaking, you, you're trying to gill them anyways. Or if it's if it's smaller, I'll just kind of grab the body, you know, and try not to over if, – if you're planning to release it, try not to over-squeeze the gills and stuff like that because they are a trout, so that area is pretty sensitive, you know, um, the gills and stuff like that. So Is it more, is it more sensitive than a regular fish? Well, I, you know, like in just the design of the fish it is. Their their gills come open so far to the front of their mouth that it's not like a you know like a pike when you grab a pike you can't you, grab it by the back of the gill and not the back not the back not not up towards its back you got to come in so that you're up towards its chin hmm. you you won't yeah the gill doesn't open up far enough around the back to get it up that high Re- not really not without going in and actually wrecking gill really yeah it's it's weird once you once you get your hands on one you'll kind of see. See what I'm talking about. And, again, they're just so slippery and strong. Like, they're flopping. So, usually when I'm grabbing one, I'll grab it in the gills and then grab its tail right away because that thing's going to be snaking all over on you. Um, I don't know. Half the videos I watch, guys just grab them and they seem half dead. Most of the ones I pull out of the water are still pretty <laughs> lively. Yeah. When, when you talked about the designated trout lakes, mm-hmm. have you fished those prior to going up? Nope. I never did. So, we, you know... Invited to this one, did some research, but mostly went off what those guys were telling me uh, to determine it wasn't designated. And then um, it was so much fun, I started looking into other lakes. And I was like, okay, so there's designated ones. What What's those? But I've just I've never gotten out to those ones. I've got family that go. There's some around here in central Minnesota where they go uh, out by, um, is it Painesville? 
My uncle goes out there and takes my mom out there. They go and catch rainbow trout. Well, do they yeah. fish the same tactics that you are, or is it different oh, going for different species different of trout? Different species would definitely be different tactics. So I've never done the rainbow tactic. Like, I, I just know talking to my one uncle who's fished those rainbows, he catches those with spinners and stuff and, and crankbaits. So open water, this is summer fishing when he goes. Oh, so, fun. yeah. So, but definitely I'd say relatively different tactics, I'm guessing. Um, but nothing too absurd. So... So a medium to light action rod, um, a decent, just a, when I say a decent reel, I, I think the most important thing is that it's the right size reel so you can get enough line on it because you want to be able to fish 50 feet deep or or 80. Okay, you can still catch them out there. So have it ready to do 80 and then have it ready to peel some line because if you do hook into that big one, he's going to peel line. I mean, you peel line with a 20-incher. So, um with the setup I use, you know, so um, you don't have to go super heavy line, but if you do, if you want to, everything I've read and in, in the forums I've watched and stuff, um, you can go heavy line because they are such a predator and such an aggressive fish that if you're putting the right thing in front of them or the right tactic, they're they're not really going to care about the line. It always helps if you make it invisible or, or less of an issue, but Man, in our experience with the yucks that we've gone up there with and that I've been in the past, we've still caught them on some of these atrocious setups we've had. So, um, for instance, there's there's pike in this lake too. So uh, I, we started putting out tip a t- tip up with a shiner or something like that on. So I had 60-pound braided line on that is my, my, my pike setup, right? And uh, I just put a, uh, I think it's called like a moon eye jig or something like that. Gemini? Maybe that's it. Anyways, I just tied one of those on, and I put a big old shiner on it. I was like, oh, maybe I'll get a, a pike. And I'm literally lowering that thing down. Um, I dropped my my uh, depth finder. Vexlar was in the fish house. Dropped my vec- depth finder, uh, put my little uh, uh, weight on there to mark the depth, pulled it up, put the minnow on, dropped it down, and literally as I'm dropping it down, I was like, what the? And I caught a fish. As I'm dropping the minnow down, and that was on a cable. You guys you don't know? go through a guide, no, correct? Nope. This is all on our own. Is there on those lakes that you go to? Mm-hmm. Is there a setup for somebody that wanted to just say, "Hey, I don't have buddies that know what we're doing. Yep, we've never done this before. We'd like to get a little bit of guidance." Like, is I can't imagine there isn't, but I've never looked into it. Okay, so you know, we've always been able to do it on our own. Um, but I'm guessing any fishing guide in that area, north, north central Minnesota, is going to have that enough. Exp- they'll they'll take you out there, and you'll probably have some success. Um, I just yeah, I I would guarantee there's a guy that'll take you out there, but I I don't have any experience with it, so right. Yep, it's just it's interesting to me because it's been something that I've always wanted to do, and when I go sure. out west, it's a treasure, right? Like trout. Yeah. Not just Lakers, but trout in general, right? right? Like any trout yep. is the fish species. Right. And so for us here to almost have that species be on the back burner yep. is like a hidden gem to know that there's lakes that we could go to here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. And get at, get them. Right. Right. Yeah, man. Uh, if if <laughs> I think... I. Until these guys invited me, I really didn't know that there was lake trout accessible without going into the boundary waters. And when I when I had been told that in the past, I was thinking you had to go deep into the boundary waters to get to certain lakes and stuff like that. So there's ve- there's a lot of lakes in Itasca County that have lake trout. 
and the other trout. There's a lot of designated trout lakes up there as well. So the options are there. Um, the interesting thing with those lakes up there is mo- a lot of them are small, you know, 200 acres or less, um, but they're deep. So this particular late lake, the deepest uh, spot is, I think, 152 feet. Um, but the, the, the lay of the land up there is most years there's a ton of snow. So we've used four-wheelers on this lake to get around. There is a public launch. It's normally closed up top, but there's parking spots, and you can drive a four-wheeler or a snowmobile down. So we've gotten around on the lake with four-wheelers in the past. Uh, snowmobiles are best, but it it really is a, a walkable lake in most most scenarios. Um, and I would say on a given opening weekend, we'll see anywhere from 10 to 15 other groups out okay. fishing. You know, yeah, and you know it's a big enough lake where there's plenty. There's Are they all for going for lake? No lake doubt. Trout? Yeah, there's no doubt that they're all out there for the lake trout, specifically because it's opening trout weekend. Um, and when you when we drive up, there's no activity at the boat launch. Like, oh, they got snow a week ago, and there's not a set of tracks, right? Um, the other thing is, so like on a designated trout lake, you shouldn't be on there unless it's trout season, technically. This one, you could go on there and fish for pike, and, and people do, but it's just there's so many other lakes up there. They, We've only caught, like, two pike up there okay. over all these years. So it's just if they're on that lake, it's it's for the Lakers. Right. So, yep. Um, when you uh, when you go up there and go trout fishing, is there a special license that you have to buy? You do. Uh, in the Minnesota? state of Minnesota, you need your fishing license, right, just your general fishing li- license. Whether it's a lifetime license, three-day license, resident, non-resident, and you need a trout stamp. I think it's seven seven dollars. Yeah, it's, I think four I, or seven dollars cheap. Trout fishing summer, and it's yeah, it's cheap. cheap. So yeah, you need to buy a trout stamp. You don't need the pictorial. You don't need the physical stamp. Just gotta go buy it. It'll be on your license. You're good to go. Um, so those are the two things you need: a, a, a trout stamp and a license. And do you know? Because you said the. You said the trout season. So the, obviously fishing for trout is different than fishing for any other fish in Minnesota. Do you know, like you said, early January or middle of January is when the season starts. Yep. Mount, was it Martin Luther King weekend? Yep. Then the, when does it close? What weekend is that? Uh, January, it usually is, around the 16th of January. Yeah. Okay. This year, uh, Saturday the 18th is lake trout opener for the inland lake um that is for the lakes in or partially in the boundary waters uh the season opens up earlier if it's in the boundary water um so there's a summer season and don't ask me i've never done the summer open water but there's a summer season and then there's a winter winter season again inland lakes uh, outside or partially contained in the uh, boundary water. So, in other words, if a, if a big lake is half in, half out of the boundary waters, then that is open during the season, and that is uh, this year it's the 18th of January. Have you ever done superior lake trout fishing? No. No, we've talked about it, getting a charter and going out there, and that would be a blast. Uh, we intended to do it two years ago, and it kind of fell apart, but, we, we yeah, we've never done that one. So See, I've done summer lake trout fishing but i've seen videos of them doing through the ice you know oh sure hundreds of feet yep yeah and absolutely like, that would be a blast right it'd be a ton of fun ton but of I'm fun. Sh- is that a different ball game i mean, I mean are it, they- it is and it isn't um so so the deepest one i've ever caught on this lake and it wasn't a big one it was 74 feet deep i caught a 16 or 17 incher 
It's um, still a hell of a fight. It's a long ways, man. Yeah. It's a long fight. It takes forever to get your lure down there and to get that fish up. And it, but it's so much fun. Like it's a ton of fun. Um, but even in that scenario, I wasn't like I caught it at seventy four feet, but I wasn't in a hundred feet of water. You know what I mean? So a lot of people think that you're you're fishing so much higher off the bottom, but most of us start closer to the bottom than you expect. Sure. You know when you when you think Lakers. Yep. So I just were able in the new podcast location. We have Wi-Fi now, and I was able to look up the seasons for for lake trout in general, which I think is kind of just a normal season for any trout. Mm-hmm. And in, in the year 2021, it goes from January 16th to March 31st. Okay. Oh, I, I think I said the 18th, but yeah, 16th. And Last year was the 18th. Yep. So. But then it opens May 15th and goes to December or goes to September 30th. There you go. Is I guess I, you're not an expert on it. Why do they close the season for the months in the fall and in the months in the spring? Are they because uh, do they spawn in the fall so, or do they spawn in the spring? Boy, you know, that's a great question. The only thing I can think of is, so we fished Lake Trout out in Colorado once with a guide, and he was talking about, I forget if it was early ice or ice out, but basically he was talking about how they'll go up in the shallows a specific time of year, and it's almost not fair how easy it is to catch them. Um, So I don't know if that has something to do. Maybe they're up there spawning and stuff, so kind of like with the walleye and stuff, they close it down. So I've never looked into their breeding habits. Because all I know is it's not during the time of year we fish, so it's never really been a factor. Um, and nothing I've watched really addresses their breeding. So, yeah, I'm not sure which one it is. Yeah, I got to look I gotta look into that because this is the first time I've actually looked up the dates. I thought, because I know muskie has a different start bass. Yep. I think bass is actually the same. Uh, not, it is, no, it is actually a couple weeks later. A couple weeks later, yeah. And I never thought that lake just trout would be different there's two separate seasons yeah there's an ice and then there's a summer yep that's yeah that's it's pretty weird. wild i gotta i do i do want to do this yeah like listen to you talk about this mm-hmm. i do want to do it what um what are you using so you said the swedish pimple oh oh sure yeah so swedish pimple was just one of the first ones i tried you know and again that was always a go-to walleye lure up on lake of the woods for me a gold swedish pimple right so i just threw it on one day versus the giant ungodly sized tube or spoon i was trying um i was like i'm gonna go smaller and a little more finessey and uh so we've had a lot of success on two styles of lures some swimming lures and spoons so some of the spoons, like uh, anything gold or chartreuse colors, seems to work really good. But like, there's a there's a little Clio, and um, uh, I can't, I don't always know the names. But basically, any spoon that's got a twist or bend, so you get really good flutter action. Um, Swedish pimples, jigging wraps, all different colors and sizes of of those Rapala jigging wraps. Um, we've had a lot of good action on those. And again, they're such an aggressive fish. It's a perfect lure for them. Um, so if, if you look up, there's a guy, uh, believe it or not, he's actually in, I believe, New York State. And White Dog Outdoors, if you Google White Dog Outdoors, he's got, out of all the Laker stuff I've looked up, he's got some of the best videos 
for lake trout strategy. He's got this uh, strategy he calls the uh, the chase me- method. Yeah. And so that chase method is he, he, he fishes very similar way down towards the bottom, depending on the lay and what area he's fishing in, which we can talk about in a little bit. He will uh, fish, you know, six or seven feet off the bottom. And the second he sees a mark coming, second a fish comes in, especially if it's coming up at all towards his lure, he'll just start reeling up. And when I say reeling up, he reels quick. And then freaking fish will chase that lure. Like, he'll be fishing them out there in 80 feet, 100 feet of water. They'll chase it up to 30 feet under the ice, and then they'll hit. And he's like, the closer they get, don't stop reeling. Don't stop reeling. Just keep reeling. And we've had the same experience up there where as soon as they come in, a lot of times they'll run up to your bait right away, and I won't do anything, and they'll just smack it. But more often than not, if they if they run up and then they go back down, you're like, okay, I'm, they, they want to chase. Like, they're so wired to chase and hunt that if they come at all, if they come off the bottom again, you just start reeling up and they'll chase it. And also when you're at 10 and 15, 20 feet off the bottom, then they hit it. Like it's the craziest thing you'll ever see. And, and when, when I say off the bottom, not like a wall, you don't, don't jiggle it and twitch it and like, oh, come on, come a little closer. But like you, like you're almost trying to retrieve your lure kind of fast. That's weird because that's like the opposite of what I would think. Right. Yeah. That's the opposite of what we thought for years, cool. you know. And, and again, we've done the finesse thing like more like a walleye or a crappie kind of deal. Um, and we've caught fish, but after we started getting more aggressive and like, hey, no, chase it, you little bugger. Like, you're not going to get me. Um, it seemed to work a lot better. And it, it, it works better with certain lures. Um, so, like, you, you can get some of them like gulp swimming lures, you know? So, like, it looks like a, a shad or a shiner, or, you know, stuff like, or a smelt, depending on what kind of lake you're fishing in. And those work really good. Or those, uh, what do they call them, like a rattle bait? So those lures that kind of hook in the middle of the bait, so when you reel up, they really vibrate. Works good with those, too. Um, with the spoons, it still works, but I usually give it a little twitch as I'm coming up, too. Try to give it a little more flash. So so I stepped out, but when you guys are talking about the uh, season for lake trout and spawning, I got a buddy that lives out on Superior, and he talks about how lake trout season is exactly what you were kind of guessing is they want that cooler water in the summertime and as that the water temperature is naturally cool they do spawn in the fall Hmm. and that's when they come up in the shallows so they will spawn in the fall exactly i think it was you that were asking is that why it ends and they do spawn in the fall now you can i don't know this because this is secondhand information so you can double check it but um i've heard that that's why that season closes because that in makes the fall. sense to me. Yeah, because I, I I was thinking it was early ice out out west is what that guy had told us. Right, when it was just like easy picking. I for think them. when you're open water fishing in the summertime, like yep. that's when they're really deep in that cooler yeah. water, and then as the temperatures naturally cool come fall, yep, they're able to move up into the shallows exactly, and that's when they're spawning. Yep, and that's um, that's definitely something I want to point out is. Like, that's why the ice fishing strategy is so different than the summer fishing. Because lake trout, I believe, they prefer, like, 50 to 55-degree water temps. Well, in the summer, even in these deep lakes, the shallows get quite a bit warmer. And even though there's bait fish and fish up there, they don't want to be there. So they're out in the depths. They're out in those water columns that are cooler. Whereas ice fishing, that's why we're catching them up in the shallow waters. When I say shallow, you know, 20 feet and stuff like that, because it's all the same temp. It's all it's all cold water, you know. So, um, yeah, and a couple a couple big things with strategies that we've found out is 
The water's so clear, and we brought cameras up in the past to kind of see what the bottom looks like, and there's a fair amount of vegetation even at 40 feet deep just because the sunlight can get down there. Um, and we've fished it all. We've fished kind of on the more flat areas and the big drop-offs, saddles, points, all that kind of stuff. Um, so predominantly what they're eating in this lake is is just the common shiner. Um, so a school bait fish. And uh, so it seems like those inside corners and stuff, especially if it's a fairly quick incline, we've had pretty good success there. Um, that's probably one of the first spots we tend to go. It's always a weird spot to fish because uh, on, on this, the one particular area that we fish up there, it's like a two to one ratio. So like you could literally walk 20 feet and you'd have 10 foot or more uh, depth change. Hmm. So if you stand in your driveway and you put a 20 foot ladder stand in front of you, 20 feet, that's how fast it's, it's climbing underground. And in other spots, it's even steeper than that. But uh, so when you consider fishing on a slope that steep, whether it's leading up to a flat or down down to a flat or anything like that, don't like we we'll we'll fish 10 and 12 feet off the bottom because even though we're 12 feet off the bottom in our spot, 12, 20 feet away, we're in line with a fish that's that's swimming along that edge. And um, they'll easily swim over and, and hit your lure. Um, we the biggest reason why we like to hunt those inside is because everything I've read and that we researched said that they will lake trout will run schools of bait fish into those into those inside bends and kind of use it as a wall to school up those bait fish and then they'll just feast on them and then and then go find some place to lay down and, and digest so have you ever uh seen the youtube videos uncut angler i don't think i have it's it's a different like we were talking about earlier it's it's completely different than here it's yep. up in canada i think manitoba and i just watched a video the other day and he went out lake trout fishing he tried to sight fish them in 18 feet he couldn't get anything and then he went out to 40 feet he said the more the more where they're going to be is 40 feet so he talked about he has underwater camera and all that stuff down there and he said that like what you said they like to travel along the flats but they also like the rocks so it's kind of like a walleye type deal yep but what he was using and it goes back on when you said like the the gulp or whatever he had just a regular like jig head with like the flat end on it and it had a uh, gamagatsu hook yep and he used a callens jerk minnow with like a sucker scale for like a little scent because they can chum up there because they, oh, they sure. can chum up there but he's he was using that jerk minnow and he was catching lake trout just off of like a jig head and a and a mint jerk, like a plastic. It was right. only a four-inch plastic. Sure. It wasn't anything outrageous. Yep. Things that we would consider for walleye fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was impressive for... It, yeah. Four inches is impressive. <laughs> <laughs> We're solid. <laughs> but like like you said, like your normal walleye rod. So it, it just makes me think that it's kind of just like a walleye. But And another thing that kind of stuck out at me when you were talking is I didn't realize that lake trout were that aggressive and yeah. they're that territorial and they're just, that's all they're out to do. They're out to feed yep. all the time. Yep. It's the, even with the cold snaps we've dealt with up there and the, and the terrible weather conditions for a good bite. Um, when it's that cold, we don't really move around much, right? You just kind of set up 
That, that's everything. I think a lot of what you see is you got to be mobile with Lakers. And I will say this. The days that we are able to be mobile, we do better. We definitely do better when we can cover a little more ground, get to just to new water, right? So do electronics come into play when you're oh being mobile gosh. like that? Like, I, what are I you would say for? out of all the fish I've fished, man, just knowing how much they want to chase it, electronics is extremely important. But how to, it kind of is with all fish, right? It, it is with all ice fishing. But if it's a finicky bite, it's it's about as important as I've ever seen it. Just because if they if they want to only take it when when they're chasing, you got to know when they're chasing. Otherwise, you just be reeling up and down all day long, right? So, are you, but are you using your electronics before? Like, are they schooled up? Oh, schooled. Like, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. Generally, they're not schooled. Um, I mean, you you might get a, a couple, right? But they're not they're not schooled like a crappie would be or anything like that. Um, what it is is if you're in a lake trout area, you'll have higher percentage of travel. They're they're cruising all day long. So when we're when we're stuck in a spot, we're, we're gonna get our chances. It's just a matter of time if we picked a halfway decent spot. Um, so they they tend to circle those same areas back and forth but they're not ever in a true school to my to my knowledge um you might get two or three within 20 minutes or something but not li- not like you'll just be pulling up one lake or after another so going back to you were talking about setting up a tip up yep what's your do you have better luck jigging or on like a tip up or so, do, you, do you use a lot of live bait in your house or do you we just- do most of us do. Most of us try to have a live minnow down, or uh, whether it's a uh, a chub, usually is what we'll use up there, or a shiner. Um, if I remember right, the biggest one, I think that 27 and 3 quarter inch was caught off a minnow on a bobber line. And that was like 20 minutes before dark, half hour before dark. So we usually have some live minnow sitting down there on, on a... On a uh, How no- much line do you got to have on a tip-up like that? Quite a bit. I mean, yeah, I almost <laughs> ran out today. I was yeah. going to say, right, <laughs> so you know my dad. I mean, I love him, but geez, <laughs> I, I, I I text him. I'm like, oh, I'm going to bring out the kids to the lake today. We're going to do some tip-up fishing. We'll try to find some walleyes for us or some uh, northerns for us. And he goes, oh, yeah, there's, there's four tip-ups, you know, ready to go. Yep. And sure, yeah, they're rigged up right, but I'm looking at it, and this one's got probably 35 yards of <laughs> And I'm like, you know, so you look at that, though, and I'm spooling it up, and I'm thinking, like, the depth that you mm-hmm. have to be fishing. Right. And if they run with it. Yeah. Especially with the fight that they got. Right, how much you line do you got to have on a tip-up like that? I got full spools on mine just for that reason. I mean, you know? do you have to have extra large spools? No, no, I wouldn't no. say that. Definitely don't have to have, I mean, like, again, uh, the deepest I've set my tip up is 45, 50 feet. If I, once I'm out to, you know, 60 or more, then I'll, if I'm going to put down a, another live bait, I'll, I'll do a bobber line, you know, slip bobber line of some type or just a dead stick. That seems to work good too. So the, the tip up thing, we, we put it out there just as, hey, it might as well have our second line out there somewhere. I'd say relatively limited success with those just because, they tend to hit it, and then they're not there by the time we get out there. You know what I mean? They're hit not it and quit it. The, yeah, <laughs> hit it and quit it, right? Um, I don't know why that is. You know, we've never had a Laker gut any of our lures. It's always been a perfect corner of the mouth or you know hook. They've never gutted it or swallowed it. Not with a tip up line or bobber line or anything. Um, 
I will say this, though. If you've got a bobber line down or a second line down and you're in a, a house, a shanty, a shack, whatever you want to call it, if you're the only guy in there, you're in, you're in bad shape. But if there's multiple, if you're two in a house, reel up those other lines as fast as you can because you will wrap up every line in that house with a lake trout. Do you get like so one hits? Do you get that frenzy sometimes that with other species like one hit? Like, have you had a double before? Oh boy, definitely have had. Definitely have had a double before. Um, um, I will say this when when we've had a lot of action like in a in a 10 or 15 minute time frame they've all been the same size class fish it's like oh geez we caught like two 14 two 16 inches in five minutes um i've definitely had two of them chasing at the same time caught one lowered back down and then caught or missed the other one so i've definitely had a couple in at a time but you know not a giant frenzy of any anything to speak of sorry you need a bigger fish house (laughs) (laughs) um <laughs> it's on my bucket list, man. Like I've been, I've been on the guided uh, open water superior lake trout trips, yep. which are fun. Yep. I mean, they're just like running planer boards for walleyes, though. Sure. I mean, it's a blast. But on my bucket list is pulling one of those up through the ice. You know. Yeah. Oh, I, so much fun. It's 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 literally on. I wrote a bucket. I was telling Kenzie about this before this podcast started. We I I have a 10-year bucket list and one of them was like trout through the ice yep it's different it's it's, it's different. not gonna be the same thing as trolling with you know downriggers right. and um y- yeah you're still gonna bring up a, a beautiful fish mm-hmm. but it's not the same it's experience different. exactly right exactly and and that's like you said you want to take one through the ice besides this year every year seth is that hey you want to come up with me on this lake trout? Well, Kenzie's an idiot. <laughs> no, it's yeah. just... I'm just kidding. Uh, no, but, like, like, I want to. And then this year, I'm like... You got to Okay, do it. we know border. We got border going. Yep. We you know we talked about this hey, for a this long like time. is this, like, an official thing that you can write off now? You can write no. off that trip? <laughs> no. I wish. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd be going all... Every weekend, we'd be gone. But, like... We're like, okay, we got this. I don't know. Your wife's an accountant. Somehow That's yeah. We'll find a way. We'll find a way to sneak it in there. <laughs> but now it's, you know, the way 2020 was, and hopefully 2021 right. was way better, which it will be. But now things have changed, and there's a limited amount of people that can go up there this year. Yeah, right? we have way less guys going this so year. So it's like, okay, well, now we'll just push it off till next year. Or, like you said, I didn't know that there's lakes within an hour of right. here. The desert this well there's one there's like a million of these lakes. But they're all called Long Lake. <laughs> <laughs> but there's like I've seen the lake maps and I've, it's a designated I don't know if you've tried it. I've fished it. Yeah. And have you had any luck? No. Long Lake. Where? Zen had a colony. Yeah. And Long Lake? Not the one that no. you're thinking of. No, there's like well, if none there's of us, like none of us have fish. There's it, like no, six long lakes. It's not a so secret. Like, Where the hell is this fucking <laughs> trout lake? There, there uh, is a designated trout lake. They stock it. Oh wait, sure. wait, wait, yeah, I think I'd um, have to look look it up. But uh, it's it's by, isn't it by Minnetonka? Yeah, I thought it was near Independence. Well, it could Same be that if it's in between Independence and Minnetonka, or it's anywhere in Hennepin County. Well, yeah, well, no, I'm just saying, but as the crow flies, that's not that far from each other. No, I fished it. Yeah. No luck. No. But I mean, you've had on. success down by Brett. 
on that, the river. That's on, that's on, on the that's river. On, yeah, that's on the what Minnesota it's a river? different ball game. I know. Yeah, that it's was, just it, the the whole trout species as a whole intrigues me. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's cool. only because when you go out west, it boggles my mind how they think of walleye perch and northern as like invasive species <laughs> right. yeah. a rough yeah. fish well, yeah. so like i mean honest to god like on that same bucket list that i have the trout through the ice i have idaho perch <laughs> yeah and in the same state they mm-hmm. look at like northerns as like if you catch a northern and show me proof that you've killed this northern, I will give you ten dollars on northern. <laughs> well, and that, and that goes back to yeah. like uh, Glacier Glacier National Park. They consider lake trout an invasive species. That's right. So uh, we, I had when we went and visited Glacier, there's a game warden there, and I, you know, saw a couple small ones. And he goes, "You go out to that lake right now, and you get a cooler full of lake trout, and I will give you another cooler." <laughs> Because they want to get rid of them. I'm like, yeah. what? He goes, they're a super predator, and then, man. And then now yeah. it makes sense because you're like, they're super, they eat fucking everything. Yeah. But what's crazy to me, though, is that like perch to me, to me, tastes very similar to walleye. Mm-hmm. Well, they're in the same I family. I love perch. It's yeah. like my favorite right? fish yeah. to eat. And yeah. you go to Montana and Idaho and you can go on guided trips where you're going to legitimately have a possibility of maxing out at 13 14 inch perch and getting your limit and that's a small perch average right Mm -hmm. and they think to themselves we're doing a good thing for the ecosystem right now we're here if we had that it would be we have to sustain this somehow right and they're trying to get rid of these fish. Yeah. We're jumping the border. You're allowed to, to keep one perch per year. I was going to say Minnesota yeah. would, so, would add a <laughs> slot limit to fucking perch. So that's perch. why I'm so intrigued about the taste. Because to me, I'm like, what the hell is going on with trout? Like, do, are they that? Do they give you a harder boner? Or like, <laughs> or like what is the special sauce that's? I, re- I rack a pair think, of jeans every time I go up there. Well, like I just don't. I mean, I I. I am listening to you, and it's on my bucket list, and I want to go trout fishing. I just don't understand the 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 mentality of hierarchy of why sure. one fish gets graded more than another. Yep. You know? I would say I think there's an intimidation factor. A lot of people don't know how accessible they, they pretty much are. You know, and, and again, a lot of the lakes have um, either – this one has a public access. Some of them don't, but you can get access to them. Um, or if they do have a public access, it's not like an easy one to use or it's closed during the winter. So, oh, no, you got to walk 300 yards to get to the water. And so people don't do it. Right. So there's that there's that, there's that, that limited access, I guess, where it just scares a lot of people off. They want to drive their ice castle out there, plop it down, and then have an easy chance at catching a 30-inch walleye versus... That would be sweet you know, to catch... Oh, that like would be trout, so, not, oh, like an ice oh, castle. That'd be fantastic! Yeah, yeah it'd be but, so much fun. You can drop it out there and right, but right. start jigging. I think it's also it comes along the lines of, you know, you grew up, it was crappies, perch, right, northern culture, and yeah. not a lot of people realize that like there's a whole other species. Like Rass said, you go out to Montana, they're everywhere. Right, you go on every every stream, every creek, yep. whatever you want to call it, they're there. You can go out there, you can go rainbows. But when you come to Minnesota, 
And you can do the same thing. Like there's a heavy population of these fish in Minnesota, but right. it's not something every day that you hear. And it's right. rasped, like it's on my bucket list to do it. There's a lot of lakes in Minnesota that that have it, and it's. I think a lot of people like Rask, and well, well I'll and, just say me, but yeah. like when I think of a lake trout, I'm thinking Canada. Like I'm right. thinking yeah. those, right. the yeah. the pigs. The I'm not thinking trout. the ones that I've caught and exactly down you know southern Minnesota, which were they're good you know brown trout like sure 16 to 18 inches like yep. they're. Fun really trout, good. Nice but little when fish, I'm thinking yeah. lakes trout, I, I mean, I'm yeah, think- I'm getting greedy. I want right. a forty. And the state record is oh no, that's forty three pounds. I think is the state record. I don't know how many Jesus. inches that was. That's, that's insane. One. But yeah, that had to have been Lake Superior. I'm, I'm certain Probably. it was. I'm certain it, it had was. to have been. Lake so, but um, I wonder if it's we're talking about culture. I wonder if it's one of my questions. Is, is it so much a culture, like almost like heritage, like? Out west, it's all for say, sure. Say it tru- is. For sure, it is. But does the DNR or whatever they have out there do? Is that is that playing a course in it too? Because like absolutely, we're, yeah. Because we're we're like Minnesota is just geared primarily 100%. for yeah, primarily for walleye and right. trying to make these habitats great for walleye. But here here's out the funny thing that happens trout. though, right? Is look at that in our fisheries compared to what we do with how we have evolved as a society in like the Dakotas, right? Mm-hmm. Farmland has produced a non-native species in pheasants that has become, right. become, it's now our tradition to do that. Right. Yeah. And now that's a, that's something that we want to, so it's a weird thing for somebody. That's why I asked the question about like, is it the meat? Is it the fight? Like what is the primary reason that you're targeting the trout? I want to do it right? because it's new to me. Yep. But like you can't make the argument that it's because it's native because right. we've, we've seen that, that, that is not the reason no. for us to continue to try to promote that as a DNR because obviously like, with our management style, with what we do for regulations, we purposely try to harvest a certain species. We try to promote that species. Yep. You only have enough money for so much. The too. Dakotas yeah. want waterfall. They want pheasants because that promotes more money. Um, it makes sense because it's a fun species to hunt and tastes good. It's fun to do. It's a good pastime. So when you look at the difference between two states over right. why is it such a, a crazy <laughs> difference right you know like in the perception of which fish is better it's than better. the other yeah, yeah. absolutely because we've had, we have uh, a couple buddies we used to hunt with they picked up and moved out there and obviously they're from minnesota and they go out there and where's, like they, where's there just montana montana okay yeah. yeah but they they're like we hammer and slaughter walleyes yeah. All day, all night, whatever. And nobody and cares out there. No, because they're just like, you, you catch know. a 30 inch out, out west, yeah. and they're like, oh, okay, good for you. It's like, <laughs> a, it's, it's like yeah. me saying, hey, I caught a 20 pound carp today. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Good for you. Good, that good is job. A, that we're is a down good analogy. Like, we're down in like the southern states. We're like, holy F. Right. It's like, no, nah, that's nothing. Yeah. They're like, I, no I don't care. Right. right. And that's what's weird is that you've, like, you and Matt have talked about your guys your buddies that have moved out to montana and they catch walleyes all the time 
And here I'm thinking, small world, we're the, we have Lake of the Woods. Right. We right. have the fucking world's capital of walleyes. Right. And you guys are catching them somewhere else. <laughs> like, How dare you? Exactly. <laughs> and, like, and bigger and better than us. Yeah. Bigger and better. And like, like it's, it's, they do do it bigger right. and better, but they don't care. And that's, and that's the thing is, what like, is your mind, yeah. like, you think of Minnesota and you think of walleyes and all this stuff. You have Mille Lacs, you well, have Lake of the Woods, like, you have It's Leech. like our buddy uh, Triplet, right? Like, he he goes up northern Minnesota grouse hunting all the time. Like, we try to foster a grouse environment that has been lost. Yeah. Right? Yep. Because it's something that's in our pastime. Right. I mean, I know the species are different. But you go out west, and we can th- we we have killed grouse by throwing rocks at them from <laughs> me to you away. Mm-hmm. That's how dumb they are. Mm-hmm. While we're elk hunting, to have something to eat that's fresh meat—that's crazy out there. But like I said, like it's a perception thing. Like I know that it's it's spruce versus roughed, and it's different. There's so but many like, factors, right? Into but it. at the same time, it's also a perception of how you look at that game bird right or game fish or whatever it might be and it's interesting to me like you just switch a couple states over and why different world right well and that's why i was so curious about like did it taste that good or i mean like for me like it's not good what you said inspires me even more i want to like after you describe the fight and the experience that you've gone through like i want to go with you on that trip yeah it's fun man when i when i did it it was oh Lake trout never caught that. Sounds like fun, and you know, I saw a guy catch a forty incher on this. You know, so there was the, the trophy laker. Oh, maybe that's what caught my attention, and then it was well, let's just catch one and see how it goes. And as soon as I caught one, I was like, holy crap! Because the first one I caught I was like, whatever it was, thirteen incher. I was like, that little thing fought like that. Right. Let's go. This is awesome. And like right. it yeah. hit that hard, like it, it just smacked it. Well, and another thing, like with this state. I foresee Minnesota becoming a, hey, man, we got Laker kind of state. Because the other thing you got to remember is we, we've always had Lakers in the Boundary Waters. A lot of these designated trout lakes, these fish are introduced. Even the lake we fish had introduced lake trout to them, um, and they've, they've thrived in this particular lake. So now it's a substantial destination for lake trout. I haven't done the research far back enough. Was it a lake trout lake 40 years ago? or 30, or just in the last 20. I know based on the size of the fish and the fish we've caught, for instance, we haven't caught, to my knowledge, we haven't caught any stocked fish, um, to my knowledge. Now, there's only t- there's a couple ways to tell if it's a stocked fish. One way, depending on salmon and trout, I, I think it's kind of across the board, depending on w- what kind of fishery they're raised in, they'll have markings on their fin and scrapes and some damage from the channels they raise them in. But the biggest way is I, I believe that usually with Lakers at least, they cut off the... Um, the adipose fin. So, like, there's the dorsal fin uh, on its back and then its tail. And then right in between, there's this little tiny fin that's useless to the fish. And Is it if, kind if, of by the genitalia? Uh, no, it's on the top side. Oh, okay. Yep, up on the top side. So, right on its back. Um, so, wait. The stock fish, they cut off that whole fin. So, that's how you know the d- difference yep, that between. Little, exactly. If it's stocked or, or natural bred fish. No shit. Yeah. Now, 
they might not. My understanding is that they'll cut that off most of the time. Sometimes, where there's other spe- trout species, you'll just see other markings on the fish, and maybe they won't have cut it off. But we've never seen any obscure markings on the sides or fins of the fish, um, or any like scars on their face, like they were in a tank bumping around on it or anything like that. They've always had that fin. They've always looked plenty healthy, and the biggest ones we've caught have had that fin. So everybody thinks it takes a hundred years to grow a thirty-inch. Laker, it doesn't, but you know, based on that, I'm guessing those fish were probably 15 years old. So, well, like based on what you said, you said like lake trout, they grow slow. So, a sturgeon, what what is the the common tale of a sturgeon? Is it takes they grow roughly an inch a year. Okay. Yep. Um. So if you catch a 72 inch sturgeon, it's 72 years old. Yep. What's a lake trout like? You've, you've said a couple different times about the age and how they grow sure. slow. So do you know, I mean, roughly with right. your education that you've done fishing for them, how fast do they grow? Like, is it like, what what is the smallmouth? A small, like, it's, it's, I know the smallmouth, they grow really slow. Like, uh, I wish I... So I sure. think they grow, or smallmouth-wise, I think they grow at a decent, a decent pace. But once they sure. hit like that... They stall 19 off. to 20, they kind of stall I'm off. Sure they get taller. I'm sure yep. species change a little bit from species to species. But from what I've read, it's mostly dependent upon the body of water that right. you're in. Yep, exactly. So the bigger the body of water. Food source. Yes, the more uh, you're going to see that growth exponentially. Yep. Yeah. So... It's like a goldfish in a tank, right? The bigger the tank, the bigger the goldfish. Um, that's what I mean. That's not a scientific answer mm-hmm. to your question. I'm sure. No, but like, no, but it kind of it, basically the answer is there's not a set. Right. It, it's a fairly broad spectrum ba- based on the biology of the lake that they're living in. Right. So, just, I mean, just like any any animal. Yeah, yeah. Some lakes can't grow a forty inch pike. They can't. The lake can't do it. it it's, yeah, so Lakers are the same way. I, from what I remember when I looked into it was, like, let's say you had a uh, on your average lake, average food source, uh, a thirty inch, uh, a thirty inch Laker would be like a sixteen to twenty year old fish, if I remember. Right. Maybe it's way older than that. It's been eight years since I even started to look that. I didn't really care that much. I wasn't that concerned about a trophy, and then. If it was so big, I was going to let it go either way. All I know is I kind of feel weird about killing a fish that's 15, right. 20 years old. I don't know why. I, I just feel a little weird about it. But, again, I don't blame anybody that wants to keep it and put it on their wall. Well, it, it, and it goes down to your own personal exactly. beliefs. Yep. Like you you alluded to this earlier like when you said, hey, if somebody else wants to catch this fish yeah. and get excited about it and take it home, great. But me personally, yep. you know. It's, it's the same for me deer hunting, right? Like, I'm never going to bash a guy if if pretend I don't own any land. But if I did, <laughs> if I did like, own, you know, 100 acres and I'm trying to practice QDM with my neighbors yep. and had somebody kill a deer that I thought was two years old, had good genetics, you know, even though my my personal goal is to practice QDM because I want to see a big, big deer. Right. If that kid's excited or even if that adult is excited about it, to me, like, 
anything that's going to promote this individual to practice good efficacy, practice good legal, you know, hunting and be excited about it. Good for you. You know, if you're excited about it, great. Right. I think that's the biggest thing that drives me nuts is do what makes you happy. But if I see you shoot a spike buck or keep a 25 inch Laker and you're not even excited, then what the frick did you kill? Right. That's what I Or throw it away. Or throw it away, waste it. it. Oh, that drives me bonkers, man. When you see discarded meat, yes. like, oh. Yep. oh. Yeah. Just, if, uh, yeah, if you, if you shoot an animal or you catch a fish, I'm I'm guilty of it, like, you know, being younger and then growing up and realizing it. about numbers. It. There's yeah. mistakes yep. we've all is, made. Yeah. Is if you if you harvest an animal or you or you catch a fish, if you take it off that lake and it and you're gonna fillet it. Yep. Don't just let it sit in your freezer. Right. You you better fucking eat it. Yeah. Because I mean that's a huge pet peeve mm-hmm. of mine over the years. Well, and is... it took me. I'm 33 right now, and I feel like I'm at the point now at 33. I wasn't at 32. I wasn't at 31. I wasn't at 25. And I've been hunting since I was. I could hunt legally. Yep. And now, I mean, I I duck hunted before I met Algers. But they kind of reintroduced me to it and actually taught me, like, you guys were responsible for teaching me the science behind it, right? Like, I used to go out with my dad and we would just set up decoys and throw them out. But you guys are like, oh, no, this is how you set up your decoys. And this is how you do the wind. This is how you, you know. And through subtleties like that you gain an appreciation we always brushed it out our meat always mm-hmm. right because it really is when you shoot a lot of ducks or even a little bit of ducks it's like God, it's a lot of work to do i know this. it's work yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's taken me till this year to be like you know and it, it, there's a lot of variables that affect that and i'm not disparaging anybody that goes out and still breasts out ducks but for me, if we were to go out duck hunting next year, I don't want six ducks if we shoot 12. Give me three, and I will feather them out. Sure. And I'm curious about experimenting with how to actually get the most out of my bird. Mm-hmm. Sure. And that's come with just learning through age and experience. Yep. And... I have now a greater ex- appreciation for anything I harvest. Right. Yeah, that hit that hit even a year, two, three ago. Where for me wise, where we're going duck hunting and whatnot, and we used to guide and everything. It used to be about numbers because basically, you know, you, you clean them and you give them to the clients. Right. But in the last few years, you go out. You don't need to shoot a limit, even for uh, fishing. Like there's there's no fish in our freezer right now right because it's like all right you go out and it's like and i'm trying to talk to our younger cousins about this too where it's like you know what if you want to go out and catch a bunch of fish and say you keep some well don't don't go out and keep more you know yeah you might be hammering say the crappies or the sunnies or whatever but like what are you going to do with all these things like in obviously there's a legal limit that you can have in your right, freezer exactly but what what, what do you, do you need? need what do you, you need really to use? to have a good fish fry at night? Well, yeah. how much fish are you really exactly. going to eat between yep. you and two, three, yep. four other people? Here's what really yep. hit home to me was 
and well, I'll tell the story if it's not too much of a side story quick, but like when me and you got that limit, which is I thought was a good story in itself. But afterwards, I took home a lot of goose. Yeah. And it sat in a freezer. And my wife and I like to buy a half a cow every six months. And so we're looking at our freezer space in the garage. And we're like, we got to clean out the shit that <laughs> we've been holding on to. And I tend to hold on to vacuum sealed goose breasts. <laughs> 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 and I'm like. God dang, we have so much so much goose. We have to eat this stuff up to make room for this cow that we're getting. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to look up some different, like, actual good recipes for this. And we figured out a way. Like, I was searing this shit at a high 700-degree temperature with charcoal that I figured out a way to make this goose breast taste like friggin' steak. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And I'm like, you know, everybody says you just have to put in the, like, a little, it's not that much requirement. Like, the the same amount of effort it takes you to go to the store and buy the right, oh, I'm going to get uh, BBs or triple Bs or whatever, like, the same amount of work effort it goes to you to actually put in the work to hunt. Yep. If you did that to preparing your game, right, you're gonna see better results, and you're yep. also gonna get more excited about what you harvest, right? Because I've gotten more excited about goose hunting after we've done that, and I've cooked them. Like this year, we didn't even go at all. No. I didn't go with you, anyways. I didn't go to well, yeah, if you think you're shooting two steaks, two ribeyes out of this guy instead of I mean, a like, swamp bird. Well, we, don't, the, we can't if you, shoot If you can here. put in that <laughs> work to preparing your food, yep. the that's way good, that you do preparing to actually hunt. Yep. That's a good way to look at it. You right? know, you're going to see a lot more excitement when you go out. Like, that's why right now I'm more excited than ever to go catch or spear northern pike. Oh, yeah. Because... I now want to try out all these new pickling recipes. Yep. There's 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 a million and every single pickling recipe I've I've ate. Yeah. Is good. They've all been good. Like so it, like I've had some that have ones I really like as they have like a little hint of jalapeno in Spice, them. yeah. Oh, so before we get a little bit before oh, we yeah. get too off topic <laughs> We're already there right now. I want I want to uh at least tell the story of how good a shots me and Mitch were. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's hold off on that one. Okay. Because I th- I think Mitch has hinted at it, and we'll wait till almost waterfall season to get okay. people. Is it a water? It's yeah. it's, it's it's a oh, waterfall. It's a uh, it's one of my high. But me and Mitch have had I've, some good stories together, and uh, the 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 trophy pond, uh, and uh-huh. and you know. And so this one is like right up there with that to me for memories, just because nice. it was just insane. It was yeah, just and it'll and it's one of the stories that you you'll you can't ever ever happen again. Probably. No, the once in a lifetime. It Those is are the best, I, man. I've heard the story. It is a very good story, but we're gonna hold off on. All it. right, all right. And to get back to it, <laughs> to the. How fast lake <laughs> lake trout grow? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, twenty minutes ago. Yeah, like no, sure so the how fast they grow is for the first six years of a lake trout. A lake trout they grow about two to four inches per year, depending on the for the first six years. For the first yeah, for the first six years, and then after that, they 
can grow less than an inch per year. Okay. Beyond so, the age of seven or eight. So so let's say they grew three inches for six years. That'd be what, eight, 18 yeah. inches? Yeah. So then, so, so like you, yep. and like when I, because I, I looked this up on the, the Google machine. Yep. And I mean, you think of that 40 inch. Right. 40, now 40 41 inch right. lake trout that, yeah, that people old. are catching and they're throwing back. See, so no. That's, that thing has got to be so if he's six, at least I, I, 20, right. 25 at years least, old. At six years old, best case scenario, at six years old, it'd be 24 inches, right? For, if it grew four inches every year for six years. Yep. 24 inches, best case scenario. Yep. So to get to 40, you got to make up another 16 years. At best case scenario, an inch a year. So you're at 22 years old there. Mm. Best case scenario. But what do they feed on, though? I mean, like, if you're introducing lake trout to it, right. you know what I mean? They'll, they'll feed on anything. So, like, there's perch in this lake, so they'll definitely eat perch. They'll definitely eat perch, shiners, shad, minnows, smelt. Uh, a lot of the nice ones, like, uh, if there's smelt in the lake, I guess they love smelt. Um, but any any of your usual bait fish, really. So you look at, like, that's a predatory fish, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you, when you say they share the lake with northern pike, surprises me. Right, right. And so this, again, we've 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 fished a lot in like twenty foot depths to to thirty five foot depths. So we're we're definitely and with the structure that we're fishing, we're, we could definitely be catching pike. And we've only caught I mean, two out so of all these years. So my, my mm-hmm. question is this: is like if I'm in normal Minnesota fisherman. Do I want a lake trout in my lake? Oh, sure, sure. That's a fair question. I'll tell you this right now. You won't have a lake trout in Buffalo Lake, probably not even in Pulaski, because they need that 50 to 55-degree temperature minimum. Uh, That's the water temps they want. So Buffalo Lake, I don't know if you'd get that kind of water depth in enough of a water column. Pulaski might. Pulaski's pretty deep. deep. Oh, yeah, that one is like 80 feet. That one might then. It's a natural spring. Yeah, they, they they hold all so, the waterfall that Pelican tries to hold. <laughs> Don't even get on. <laughs> so, so Rask, before this podcast started, you said you had one question to ask Seth. I already asked it. It was about oh, cool. the taste because mm-hmm. oh, okay. I really <laughs> think, I honestly believe that like the quality of meat that you consume drives demand for the fish and i feel like lake trout is not a demanded fish in the state of minnesota even though it's somewhat native yep so that's why i'm curious about the taste well i I mean if it's anything like if if you were to ask me that question i would say and i was an avid or an uh, avid Avid. an avid uh, lake trout fisherman i'd say well you have to do it to decide for yourself because Right. I've had, um, you know, fried up walleyes, and I've had baked walleyes that the old lady's made. And the last batch of baked walleyes she made was the best fish I have ever tasted Ooh, in my whole nice. freaking life. And I'm like, oh. and then he talks about because I've we've had uh, our our buddy Dustin has smoked whitefish. Yeah, yeah. And I've had that Nobody, before. Yeah. So like when you're talking about smoking, you know, lake trout. And if it's pretty similar to salmon and all that, right. if if it has the same flavor of salmon, then to me personally, yeah, it's right. it's yeah, I'm gonna go find it because 
It might take a little more work, but if it tastes like fucking salmon, yeah, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna find that fucking salmon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, like I'm dead serious. Like that sounds amazing. And now, like I didn't know that there was a lake within a hundred. But here's the an thing: it's three and a half hours from here, an hour from yeah. here. I West. have so I have a recipe yep. book. Yeah, I have a recipe book of like a very like good chef that talks about smallmouth bass being yeah. one of the best tasting fish on the planet. And why not? I think it's an, it's part of an, another not to go on. That's what I mean. So like a, the slow growing right fish. Yeah, and the yep. like the quantity we don't have like so when you do catch a smallmouth bass, it's like oh yeah, this is. I'm up north hmm. to be able to catch this. Right. You know, I think you're just you're just away from the wife and kids, and you're catching <laughs> fish, right? Right. <laughs> and like you know, the the lake trout thing, you can only keep two. So right away, somebody's probably like, "Well, two doesn't sound like enough." But enough to be, make it work. Well, like enough to make it worth it, right? And, and again, it, in a lot of ways, it's maybe it's not. But guys drive from the cities up to Malax to go not keep fish right now. <laughs> and I and so, I and it goes back on what Mitch said a, a little bit earlier about. The, the newer generation, I'm guilty yep. of it. You want to go out, you want to catch your limit of fish. Right. Do you want to catch 40? I don't know what the right. limit Whatever. is. It's not 40, but do you want to catch yeah. 20 right. crappies or do you want to catch two trout? Yep. But, and, yeah. And it's, it's what will you eat? Exactly. And, and it goes back on what we were saying about not wasting things. As soon as people realize that I'm going to catch, instead of catching my 40 crappies or whatever the limit is, I'm going to catch 10. Because yep. I know I can take that home. Right. I can clean it tonight. I can throw it in the, and then, or throw it in the deep fryer, and I'll eat that tonight or tomorrow. And instead of yep. just doing my normal fillet, I'm going to take the time on those ten, and I'm going to descale them. Right. Yeah. And oh, I'm gonna get the better flavor. Yeah. And I can do that with ten fish in the same amount of time that I could just do my normal forty fillets on a normal crappie right and get a better result out of it and i'm also providing an ecosystem boost by just taking my 10 yep 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 and i and i think that comes a lot to like our our grandpa does that they they go out they catch their four five even six crappies or some fish to say oh this this is enough for me and you're like what are you fucking kidding me <laughs> the, the fish are biting like crazy why don't you take your whole limit and they're like no this is all i'm gonna eat right and now you think back on it and you're like yeah, them fucking old men are wise. Well, yeah, especially <laughs> for <everybody. laughs> all the years they should. You know, be, right? you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's if you just would stop. Like, I'm not pointing fingers, but like every single You're one. You're literally of, pointing at me right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, but like every single one of us, if you just get out of your ego and just listen to the subtle hints that people are telling you yeah. yep. about, I'm not going to eat a million fish i'm gonna take these four crappies yep and i'm gonna eat them myself well yep. i'll guarantee you this and it kind of goes on what I like the best yeah. example of what you were just saying i think comes to duck hunting and like if me and you go back out and we shoot another limit of geese i'll still take whatever you don't want to clean but i guarantee you this year i'm gonna i'm gonna take every feather out yep yeah. and it's it's not because i don't think that Hey, oh, this guy that just breasts him out is an idiot. No, I've been doing it for 10 years. But I understand. for you, it's... But for me personally, now, like, that means more to me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think that that's the evolution of any outdoorsman, though, is it's like you go lake trout fishing and you talked about, hey, you went up with your buddies and 
they weren't the most avid fishermen, but now you've gone out and shown the way and everybody's kind of on board now. Like right. this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And that evolution, I think to me is like the beauty in outdoor, like your friendships and oh, exactly. what you do and your life in general. And it is a reflection of you as an individual, right? right? Like as you're a parent, right? What, what are you teaching your kids? Right. You know, I, and when you're a hunting party, if anybody in the party does good, it makes you happy. It makes everyone else. That's the it best makes, part. It makes a better camp. Like I've right. never, I've never caught a lake over twenty three inches up there. But when all those other guys caught those other bigger ones, we were all jacked up. Like, right. That's freaking awesome, man. Like let's get some of those bad boys. You know. Like so. I'll give Matt a bunch of shit because he deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. F you, Matt. Like, <laughs> making fun of me time, whenever I'm... Oh, at the same you. time, like, there is no more excitement than I've ever had than watching that 32-incher because I was lucky enough to be in the house when it happened. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that, it, just, it just goes by on... You know when you're around the right group of friends right. when someone else can be generally right. happy for the other person and right. not jealous and get pissed off and storm off because... You caught a 32-inch walleye, and you fucked up my fishing right. dish. But, I don't get the but, trophy again. But Matt does have a horseshoe up his ass. Oh, yeah, he does. And uh, just like Brad does, but uh, <laughs> Matt, Brad, Matt Brad, you got which, one too, and I will uh, argue to you yeah. in oh. person as well, so I'm not talking behind your back. But, <laughs> no. But but I, I love him, and the thing about it is, is – when we go out together, he does the same thing for me too, though. Like when when we when I told the story earlier about spearing for the first time, like he was thrilled that that I speared the fish that he wanted me to spear, you know. And him telling the story about when Kruger got his first deer, like he's a good friend. Like he was just as excited that he Kruger got that deer as he yeah. was and so to your point kenzie like that's a good group of people when everybody's excited for everybody and for sure you know okay yep so to end this podcast because for the second time in a row seth comes on and this is the longest podcast that we've ever had oh, and uh sorry <laughs> no no it's, it, it just means it's good conversation everybody's involved and it's a good conversation there's no dead spots so I guess my last question for you is how how do you sell for somebody that's listening and they want to go lake trout fishing? Just real brief, briefly. Yep. Why? Why should they go lake trout fishing versus, I'm just going to say, crappie? Even though lake sure. trout may be a little more difficult, why yep. should it put the effort into going yeah. after that fish versus going out on a Saturday night to their normal honey hole where they're in they're fishing in 35 feet of water and they're 20 feet up and they're suspended and they're catching you know 10 11 inch crappies fair fair question I guess if you need big time motivation you probably won't care with care what I'm about to say but I'll say this think to yourself in a simple in a simple form think to yourself how many guys do you know that have caught a laker so, probably not that many. So, be the guy that goes out and catches a laker. Okay? So, question number one, ask yourself that. Number two, here's why I would do it. I'm telling you right now, they are the funnest fish that you're going to catch. 
the only thing I can think comparable is, is like a smallmouth bass. And when I've caught smallmouth, they've been on a river, so it's kind of hard to gauge. They've got the current and stuff, but that's a strong, fighting, fun fish. These are the same thing, only they barrel roll and stuff like a gator, and it's just so much fun. Um, and they're just aggressive. Like, if not, like any fish, they have their bad days, but generally speaking, they're such an aggressive fish that you make them chase your lure and they smack it so hard it almost scares you even when you know it's coming like (laughs) yeah every time (laughs) and uh (laughs) so they're an aggressive fish they're a unique fish but they're a very catchable fish they i think too many people are scared off because of the fact that they're not in every lake like a crappie might be or a northern might be and that they uh they generally can be a deeper fish but you can fish them with your same strategies as a walleye and you'll have some success. Fish them like an aggressive walleye and you will soon realize how much fun they are. Good point. Way to be a salesman. <laughs> but stay off my lake. <laughs> <laughs> but uh well, I think that's gonna I think that's gonna be about it for uh the Board Outdoors podcast this episode. I'm Mac. Mitch. Seth. Dr. Warsnake. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that later. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Border Outdoors podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Links are provided at borderoutdoors.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks again for listening. Tell your friends, and we'll see you at the border.